Oh, are we synced? We are. Oh, actually, yeah, yes. yeah, yeah, yeah. I okay, see. We, we, we have been synced. Yes. Yeah. Yes. We, this, this is. We this are, is, as Justin Timberlake would say, in sync. Do, do you want a permanent position on this podcast? <laughs> <laughs> well, Riley, where are you going? <laughs> Hello and welcome back to this free episode of Trash Future, that podcast you're listening to right now. It's me, mm. Riley. I'm in the studio with Milo. Hello. Good morning, everyone. Nate. Hello. Made it in late, as usual. Uh, Alice in uh, the black hole of Glasgow. That's true. Yes. And like, Oh, damn. We stole it from Kolkata and <laughs> took it to Glasgow. <laughs> the worst cultural appropriation. Yeah. yeah no, I'm, I'm, I'm synced. I am locked in, jacked on, wearing my podcasting tracksuit. Uh, and mm. yeah, ready to fucking mispronounce some names. I've heard that the end oh, of yeah. January is the bleakest time of year, and Glasgow is the bleakest part of England. So, bas- or not England, Scotland, rather. So basically, revoke my citizenship. Left is destroyed by, by <laughs> geography. <laughs> I, just was gonna, I was just going to say. I mean, Alice must be. P- podcasting from the darkest place yes, in the human spirit yes, right I, now. I, yes. I, I have so much depression. It's incredible. <laughs> mm. um, and also, we're joined by uh, humorist, comedian, and comedy writer, Michael Fry. Michael, how's it going? Hello, welcome to Trash Future with me, Michael Trash. Indeed. My, my one gimmick I do all the time. So, yep. hello, everyone. You, you adopt like a war name for each podcast. You're like, ev- yes. we're all Riley Trash, Alice Trash, and so, so it's on. Basically, it's basically the shitty irony podcast Ramones is what you're saying. Yes, mm, exactly. Yeah. Or, or alternatively, this is uh, podcast code switching. Speaking um, of adopting <laughs> names, Mike, my girlfriend told me something incredibly fucked up last night, which is that, right, so she's a barrister, and then barrister chambers, they have clerks, right, who are the guys who, like, organize, they take all the phone calls and they give people cases from solicitors. And apparently, if you go to work in a clerk's room, most of them start when they're, like, 17 or 18, uh, you can't have the same name as any of the other clerks. And so she said there's a, yeah, so there's a, because they they only ever use their first names, and when someone rings up, they need to know who they're talking to. So you say, hello, it's James, and they'll be like, I spoke to James. And like, so there's this guy who works in her her chambers who's called Joe, but everyone calls him Paul, because when he he came there, there was another guy called Joe, so he just had to call himself Paul. And and then she apparently personally still calls him Joe, and she's like, and he's like, can you please call me Paul? It's just easier. I I need to forget that I'm called Joe. (laughs) Just (laughs) <laughs> like, did he choose his name or did I, they just pick one for you? I think you? he chose it, yeah. So it's like equity. So like you, yeah, Michael, yeah. Michael J. Fox is Michael J. Fox because there was already a Michael Fox. There was already ah. a Michael J. Fox. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I'd like to start, I'd like to rocket us off. Uh, mm. I'd like to rocket off our podcast with mm. um, talking about a startup. We're going to get into the Irish election a bit later and then a very silly article. We can talk about a startup called Ireland. Um, yes. Uh, well, I mean, I mean, that's kind of how they tried to run it for pissed. the last, what, 20 years? Yeah. Mm-hmm. In 1916, yeah. a group of innovators got together. <laughs> uh, so Very disruptive. Yeah. The, yeah. the startup this episode is called Bevy. B-E-V-I. Oh, for fuck's sake. We just had Divi. You can't like uh, the listeners. Have, though that's coming out in a couple of days. The listeners on the premium episode that's coming out in two mm. days will get. Speaking of Michael J. Fox, this is a Back to the Future ass episode. <laughs> Bevy, B E V I. What do we think Bevy does? Oh, is what, this an, what? an app for ordering beer or something? Yeah, uh, Michael is in the right ballpark. So is yeah. it Bevy? Is in like a slang term for a ton of stuff, or Bevy like slang for a beverage? Shrug. So is uh, it? Wait, a thing uh, that gives you like it like aggregates coupons to buy drinks. 
Yeah. It's um, like Groupon, but for alcohol. It's, actually, it's, it's a case for your phone that allows you, it has like arms that come out so you can hold a whole round of pints with your phone. <laughs> it's actually it's actually an, an app an app that, uh, that in any situation gives you a quote from famous Labour politician Aniron Bevan. <laughs> <laughs> Great. Awesome. Yeah. <laughs> then, uh, always appropriate to the situation. Um, no. Uh, here is some of their marketing. We're on a mission to blank the future, and and so you can experience a new way to blank. Uh, <laughs> just gives you no information. Oh my god! <laughs> I love to blank wow. the future. Yeah, I think that would actually be a great idea. Just like <laughs> eternal sunshine of the spotless mind, but for everyone. Yeah. If I was gonna, if I was gonna play Mad Libs with tech startup ad copy, I would say it would be finance the future to change the way you buy. Something uh, about financing. No. Uh, you, Michael mm. was right when he first thought about uh, beverages. Uh, drink the future. Uh, yes. <laughs> what? Uh, the future. Yeah. Drink the future? Uh, it's been funded to the tune of $63 million, and its valuation is between 100 and half a billion, but it's, it's a ballpark. Mm. Sucking up we a know big that thing of anything. future from a straw. Yeah. Okay, so They're we're just gonna... looking for $6 million more. And then... Okay, so here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to, uh, I'm going to say, uh, this no, no blanking here, but maybe... Maybe you, this will help you guess it. When Eliza Becton and two of her MIT Sloan classmates learned of the Pacific Excuse Garbage Patch... Excuse me? MIT Sloan is Eliza not... Becton and MIT Sloan. No, 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 What if we networked a Wellington boot? MIT Sloan is the school of business. I know, that's so funny. It is. so fucking funny. Yeah, it's the part of MIT where we all arrive in a Range Rover. Oh, oh, I get what that means. (laughs) Yeah, 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 the Sloan Rangers at MIT. Yeah, Network's Barber Jacket. So no. The Sloan Media Lab where they've developed a Barber Jacket that grows carrots in the pocket somehow. (laughs) (laughs) So, when Eliza Becton and her MIT Sloan classmates learned about the Pacific Garbage Patch... They knew they had to do something to stop the One sea. One of the less popular Christmas dolls. Early episode title contender, um, Pacific Garbage Patch Kids. <laughs> um, when Eliza Becton learned of the Pacific Garbage Patch, she knew she had to do something to stop the sea of plastic waste from growing. But what? It would be impossible to guilt people into changing their behavior. Instead, she would have to design something so efficient and eye-catching that people would change their ide- their behavior voluntarily. Thus, the idea for Bevy was born. Oh, Michael, shit. take a guess. Oh, my God. Is it a hose where you spray beer into people's mouths instead of giving them a glass <laughs> or a cup or like a plastic? That would be oh, so much better than what it actually is. Like, is that you, start up? you colonically irrigate beer into their ass. <laughs> I'm guessing because especially places in the Northeast, but in parts of the United States have um, deposits on plastic bottles that you can get money back for. This must be some mm-hmm. sort of like aggregator service where it makes it so you can get your money back for deposits so it makes people recycle more. Yeah. No, it's it, that that's a better idea. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh. They actually they actually rent you the beer bottle using some kind of leveraged credit arrangement which ends up <laughs> in your house getting repossessed because you accidentally broke the bottle. Yeah, it's fucking we're abolishing leech and Leiden. We're bringing trespass to movables back by just like having a bottle you don't own. Yeah, yeah. Snatch if- back from you. If you break the bottle or decide to keep it, you have to buy the bottle from them at a value which they determine. Uh, again, flash forward to this yeah. week's premium episode. So, we wanted to use design and technology to change people's behavior, says co-founders Frank Lee and mm. Sean Grundy. We wanted to build... Excuse me? We wanted to build... My name is Frank Lee. collaborator, Mr. Solomon Grundy. Grundy. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Fucking hell. All right. All right. You're... 
Along with Chief Operating Officer The Undertaker. <laughs> Check this out. I was going to go for more of like a Smith's lyrics vibe there. <laughs> what, <laughs> frankly, Mr. Shankly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Check this out. We built a company to rent you a bottle. <laughs> Yeah, check this out, check this out, check this out. We wanted to build a smart beverage platform powered by tap water and data analysis. <laughs> so you're not that far off, Michael. Oh, yeah. oh my god! So it's like a soda fountain thing. Corporate yeah. social responsibility, Black Lives Matter is all I can say <laughs> to that. Oh my god. A smart beverage platform powered by tap water and data <laughs> analytics. So it's a water cooler. Powered it's a by water tap cooler. water and data analytics mm. is just an, a joke we would make about every single startup we've ever done on this show <laughs> so i would i would like it if they were just like just just went full mad and just started saying things which made as little sense but were at least funnier like we're a, we're a, we're a social responsibility startup powered by the chinese <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, China. Yeah. <laughs> it's Huawei. It's funded by Huawei. Uh, so, we want to build a smart beverage platform powered by tap water and data analytics. So, what the company actually does is make smart water coolers, which hold four separate... Wait, do they have smart water in them? No. Oh. They hold four separate flavors at a time. And are currently freestyle water cooler. Is it just water? Is it also like soft drinks? Oh, it's just water. You just mix your waters. This is designed for you mm. only, Riley. Mixing the waters. I, worked, I mean, I worked at an office that had like free water, 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 water. Change the name of the fucking water bottle. All right, mm. uh, it, they had bottles of water that you could get for free, but they basically put things where you could refill them, and it would like have a counter that would tick up to say like how many bottles of water you'd saved. You know, the, you'd saved that year or whatever the fuck. And that at least sort of mm. makes sense because it's just like nominally like a normal thing. But the idea that this thing is going to be, it's like, oh, you can have flavor water. This is by data analytics somehow. Like. What does oh, this even yeah. mean? So I gave some more details. Um, <laughs> the company uh, they are only these are also only available for offices. You can't buy one unless you're a commercial property. And then yeah. you use a touchscreen interface to customize each drink and purchase flavor like sachets from the company. Flavor Users can like request sachets. Oh yeah, because sachets sachets are really good for the environment. Uh, so user- they basically invented Kool Aid. Yes. Mm. Users can request anything from plain cold filtered water to a blackberry lime seltzer. So users they, they've they've created that's the spectrum yeah a mm. soda stream that's on the cloud what's what's the opposite of water blackberry somehow <laughs> uh so each we, bevy have, we have extracted the carbonation from those freestyle soda machines mm. you just load the big box of syrup into it now awesome. i mean i honestly think mm. you could you could just create ad copy that says that we've somehow done co2 sequestration and we're using it to make seltzer and people would buy it yeah just be like wow i'm saving the environment well, now like it's that easy apparently and also how, you can just get funding for whatever here's how they say, oh yeah by the way just remember this yeah they've been funded to the tune of 63 million dollars and are valued oh at like gosh. half a billion <laughs> Hell yeah. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm specifically looking at Michael for this one because he looks pained. Yeah, why? Who's funding that? The IMF? Like, Well, it, oddly enough, I've talked about this before. Soft drink bank. It's, <laughs> most, it's mostly Saudi Arabia. Yeah, mm. yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, it's, yeah. They're, they are huge VC funders and like, yeah. Ever if, since if the, there's one thing the Saudi Arabians understand, it is a fail son, to be fair. <laughs> like, that's true. It, I just love the, the, you have like a society entirely obsessed with innovation. 
Uh, on the mm. one hand, like inculcating it in all of these startups, and on the other hand, socially doing absolutely all yeah. you can to prevent a, any. A of local, it. a local Saudi startup called Behead, but with no e between B and H. <laughs> and so, just, 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 just quickly, how this actually works with the Saudis funding most of venture capital mm-hmm. is when there was when we had the crisis of the 1970s, the and the Saudis were able to control oil prices. Mm-hmm. They suddenly obtained a ton of money, mm-hmm. but then you couldn't invest that property. Profitably in like normal American companies, all of which were going through a massive like wave of crisis and financialization. You also, could, American interest rates yeah. were like fifteen to twenty percent at the yeah. time. So there's like, basically just, yeah. yeah, there's nothing you could do with that money, and that's where Silicon Valley was born. And that's like the original venture capitalist firms, like the Sand Hill Road giants. They came from that era in the 1970s, investing um, Saudi oil cash into companies like Intel and stuff. You want to hear a funny story about Saudi Arabia too? Or no, it was like um, the chip chip makers and so on. In 1980, Mm. the median income in Saudi Arabia was about ten thousand dollars US, which at the time was the equivalent. That's probably the equivalent of what, like, probably about five or six thousand pounds. But back in 1980, that was a fuckload of money. I mean, that was not quite a yearly salary in the UK, but it was it was significant. Uh, As I understand, and I want to say as recently as like 2014 to 2015, the median income in Saudi Arabia is eight thousand dollars US. Like, and I don't know if that's because of they've got a massive population now of people who are guest workers and that's counted, but I doubt it because I don't think they would figure those in their mm-hmm. census. So basically, like, all of that money has not really led to better outcomes in Saudi Arabia. No. You just have, it's just led to bevy. Yeah. They have too many people. Like, if, if you're an Emirati citizen, you can get kind of free everything and get like a fucking like Lamborghini Uber to and from everywhere to get your Dior belt because there's only like 300 Emiratis. But like, oh, yeah, there's, yeah. there's enough Saudi, Saudis. Saudi Arabia, though. But, yeah. but yeah. the Emirates is the same way, yeah. Yeah. So yeah. I'm pulling us back onto Bevy, though. So just remember, the reason that this exists is because of the crisis of the 1970s. This is just morbid symptoms. Mm. So each, here's how it saves the environment: each Bevy machine can save an average of thirty thousand bottles. Bevy calculates that it has saved over ten million bottles since its founding. How? Just write a number on the fridge, mate. Just do it. I don't. You know, who cares? Just get Fuck a fucking it. fag packet out and just write some numbers down. A billion? That's a number. Write it down. You know, hey, we're worth that much money. Why not? Fuck I mean, it. This, you know what doesn't use bottles is like a water fountain? Yeah, just or a, like glasses. Or a cup? Like, just get a mm. fucking dishwasher for your office and use glasses. Is it that hard? It's called a tap. Like, we've invented the tap, but it's Wi-Fi connected. Wow, we saved, we've saved ten million bottles. You know, if every, it, literally, if everybody over the age of eighteen in America just filled, refilled one bottle of water, that would probably be what, like, one hundred and twenty-five million bottles saved. Like, this isn't a big number. No, like relative to like the size. Of, mm. You could just give every American the like a dollar. And that would be not that much more than the investment in this fucking company. And that would do more. They could take that dollar and buy a plastic cup at Ikea and fucking refill it with water. That yeah. does more for the environment. But mm. we have to change behavior by doing this like Johnny Ive design philosophy to it. Where it's like mm. very sleek and it's oh, yeah. very Basically, networked. if you make Kool-Aid, you're broke. But if a machine uses a special sachet to make Kool-Aid, that's the future somehow. Well, also, it's funny, yeah. really funny. Like, Alice, you pointed this out about the Johnny Ive. We have to induce people. It's like... Mm. We can only change behavior using nudges and stuff that doesn't mm. work. Yeah, we can only <laughs> yeah. do design. We can only ever like do uh, like we can only ever make juiceros to things. So, oh, oh if we want to uh, hear about yeah. the juicero element you, of this, you squeeze the water out of a bag. Please tell me that's what happens. <laughs> uh, how? Okay, I'm I'm gonna throw back to Michael here. Mm. How do you think they have made technology an integral part of this product, which is a water cooler? I don't know. Well, you said touch screen. Is, is there like a fingerprint scanner that predicts what flavor you want? Yes. Like a mood ring kind of thing. Yes. Sorry. Yes. 
fucking yes. excuse me? Oh, it's, it's, got, it's, got, it's got an Irish scanner. It does phrenology on you. Figure yeah, just, out I hate to get your racially profile for the water uh, it DNA sequences you. You get a 23andMe water flavor. Um, so, uh, yeah, Michael is absolutely right. Oh, my just God. It detects Irishness, uh, and you're just like, what <laughs> is this water taste of potatoes? I, did, <laughs> I, 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 did, I detected your Italian. Would you like to drink this marinara sauce? <laughs> the, the, the glass of Gabagool. Yeah. yeah, it's like <laughs> pureed ham. We've determined your DNA is 99% British Isles. Your water is going to be gravy flavored? Mm. Uh, Bevy has <laughs> made- te- We said British, not Scouse. <laughs> Bevy has made technology an integral part of its project. Um, uh, product, rather. Uh, Lee says that's even though, quote, it's not an obvious component of our business. <laughs> You're making water cooler! Hell yeah. Uh, Hell the, fucking yeah. The, the IoT-enabled devices are constantly monitoring use, keeping the machines as low-maintenance as possible for office managers, and using diagnostic data they gather from machines, know what flavors are popular and when they're running low, so they can notify a service partner who then refills the, the flavors. You, you could, you could uh. have, like, a, a, a dial or something, or like an indicator that does that. Finally, you know how they do this with a regular water cooler is they make the bottle transparent so you can see when it's empty. Finally, (laughs) with your eyes, with your fragile human eyes. Finally, a job for Guy Fieri being like the flavor refiller. Well, even like like a lot of offices now have just filtered, chilled taps that have boiling or cold water connected to the tap, and it doesn't require fucking Wi-Fi. No, I mean. I just don't understand. I mean, okay, if you make it Wi-Fi enabled or whatever, yes, there's a technology element, but that doesn't mean providing flavored water is a tech company. Yes, it does. <laughs> Apparently. Oh. <laughs> no, because, because Sorry, I did an ad hominem Nate, on a tech company. Nate, what you fail to understand is, is that what technology company means is not that it uses any kind of technology. What technology company means is that it's a completely stupid and unviable business idea that will be funded by a bunch of fat guys from Saudi Arabia, right? Like, oh. a bunch of guys have eaten so much baklava that their brain has actually melted, will invest a load of money in this, and then they will invest more money in it the more money it loses. Because if it's losing money, that means people are rejecting it, which means it's genius. I mean... Can't argue with that. (laughs) No. Uh, Further, the company is using data to, and this is the bit you were right about, Michael, to analyze what flavors are popular and track trends based on geography, which it will use to design and launch future flavors. Plus, the machine's touchscreen comes with an Easter egg that rewards users with a badge when they have hit a threshold of saving a certain number of bottles. Oh my god, it's Tesla games in it. Clients actually get really excited about it, said Lee. I love to be forced to participate in office water cooler Foursquare. Mm. Yeah. I mean, tell me I'm wrong here. Like, that's what it is. It's, it's, mm. it's legitimately like you have to play Farmville to drink water. <laughs> I've saved Membered Bombadils. That's a little too jumpy, son. Yeah. So it has, it's only obtaining more and more and more money. Its first round of venture capital two years ago was 15 million, its most recent was like 40. Awesome. So, so I, I People remember. People don't mm. stop giving this thing money. And one more thing before we continue, um, it's that uh, the the company um, could seek expansion. The company is trying to seek expansion, and will and is eventually looking at making a profit. In 2019, <laughs> Grundy says <laughs> we've thought about it. We're considering it. In 2019, Grundy says that the goal of profitability was Fucking more easier Grundy. said than done, but he hasn't given up. The company's been around since 2013. They've spent now seven years trying to make a water cooler company profitable, something that has never been done before. 
I mean, for, for context, there there is a girl who raised over two hundred thousand dollars for the fires in Australia by selling pictures of her ass. <laughs> that is more money by an order of magnitude than these people have ever made in their entire lives. With all their stupid ideas and all their Saudi Arabian investors, they're literally just like God. Imagine if you could come up with a business that makes a profit. Only like only like the world's greatest geniuses have ever managed that. Yeah, them and like every fucking plumber in Dagenham. What the fuck is wrong I with mean, you? I legitimately think that there's probably I mean you can find in in Cambridge, Massachusetts, you'll be able to find like Guido's water coolers that's turning a profit. Like it just mm. d- drops you call them and they bring big fucking jugs of water to your office. Italian water coolers. It's for carrying the water. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's got a, the right... Every mi- third entry in that thread I did of, of businesses that are obvious fronts for the mob is like Guido's <laughs> water coolers. I mean, yeah. it's got the right soil mixture from the Niagara Escarpment. <laughs> Listen, these are, really these are Wi-Fi connected garbage trucks. <laughs> Those are my fucking roots. Okay, so uh, I, I'm going to carry on slightly. Um, this is now about one of the other founders, Sean Grundy, and it was too weird to not read uh, because mm. it involves Yao Ming. Um, what? Yeah. This, so, this is this is the bit in Parks and Recreation where, the, as a joke, they have the dumb tech company just hire Detlef Schrempf to like <laughs> shoot basketball in their office. So, mm. uh, basically, while co- while commenting on the firm's future potential profitability, Grundy says that one of our goals is to become net pos- net income positive, so make a profit <laughs> with Series C. We don't like the word profit. We ideally, like we'll be able to do it this time. So, infinite chances. Mm. Uh, being on the the wrong side of a rosy prediction is far from the worst place Grundy has been. For that, ask him about his time working for an NGO in China, wearing a gibbon suit, and meeting now-retired NBA star Yao Ming at an event run for the Chinese Ministry of Forestry. Wait, it he ends, was dressed up as Gary ends, Gibbon. It ends with Ming leaning down, sniffing his hair, and saying, I can smell that you were the gibbon. <laughs> <laughs> What the fuck? Actually, that's a mistranslation. What Yao Ming says, you smell like Gibbo. <laughs> what? What? Yao Ming was in the group chat. What the fuck? He he could smell that he was the Gibbon. Okay. Uh, I, I don't know what else you want. <laughs> Baby, I'm the Gibbon. Anyway. That's so, these people are so weird. <laughs> I love just like Yao, Yao Ming just saying some Confucius ass shit as well. <laughs> Fine, whatever. When your enemy is near, appear far. When your enemy is far, appear the gibbon. I just, I kind of love this guy now because he has clearly, like, this incident has broken his brain and he's just gone to, like, fuck it. Mm. This is, uh, this is shadow puppets. It all means nothing. He's Michael Scott. He's rich guy Michael Scott. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. This means nothing. I will just, like, I'll do a water cooler business that's never going to make any money. Why was he wearing a gibbon suit? Mm. So I'm going to trans- transfer to the FAQs of this um, of of this company, but again, I just uh, Michael. I mean, we're very used to hearing about all this stuff. We're immune to it. What is your overall reaction mm. to um, the sh- shit show that is this company? I mean, it's kind of it's, it's it's there's a lot of buzzwords in that, like, oh, we're using data, but then you actually 
you look at the fucking business. Well, you don't need data. What are you doing with that data? Are you selling the data on later on? Is there kind of like a weird kind of CIA database where they mm. have people's it, fingerprints it because of this be thing? Or valuable like, data. <laughs> like, yeah. why, why do, who would yeah. buy the data that I drink a lot of Gabagool-flavoured water? Our data suggests that 100% of people in this office are drinking water, suggesting that our <laughs> business model is absolutely infallible. I'm people waiting always for them to close this champ. loop with like the smart toilet that harvests data from your piss. Oh uh, yeah, if they get if they get rid of our our water coolers, where are they going to get their water from? Uh, yeah, so, see the the toilet. I don't think so. Um, so I, before before we move on to Ireland, I have two of the FAQs from Bevy because I mm. always again the secret to these tech companies is you always you have to imagine what cues they think are FA because mm. it's always silly. <laughs> Here's one: the pomegranate blueberry flavor on my Bevy machine has been grayed out. What's going on? <laughs> <laughs> we get this one a lot, folks. <laughs> we have learned of a manufacturing issue that affects Bevy's newest flavor, pomegranate blueberry electrolyte. As a precaution to mm, all I of love our the cu- flavor of electrolyte. <laughs> as a precaution to all of our customers, we have remotely disabled this flavor from being dispensed from oh all machines that are online. Oh my god! Because all of the sachets are full of mold or something. Yeah. It's poisonous. Yeah. 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 You just squeeze it, mold comes out. This was literally the yeah. Juicero, the Juicero thing, where they were like, one of the main reasons we're a tech company is so in case something goes wrong with one of our sachets. We can remotely disable your machine. Yeah. So um, the, the, the pomegranate blueberry electrolyte sachets have been cross contaminated with the polonium 210 sachets and we've had to withdraw them. <laughs> Why does Q, quick Q? Why does Bevy require an internet connection? Answer. Don't worry. Even if your Wi-Fi goes down. <laughs> a great start. A what, fucking yeah. amazing start. What, why, why do you need this internet connection? Eh, don't worry about it. Yeah. <laughs> don't, don't worry about just, it. Don't ah. worry. Even if your Wi-Fi goes out, you'll still be able to drink water. Oh, good. Uh, listen, you ask have... a lot of fucking questions. <laughs> I don't have to, like, crowbar open the front of this machine to get to the water inside. Yeah. <laughs> That's it. Was Is it time to crack open our water, water coolers and feast on the goo inside? <laughs> that said, we rely on the internet connection to keep track of when your machine needs to be refilled. Forget about having to break your back every time you need to restock cases of beverages. The thing that oh, happens all the my, time. My back yeah. being repeatedly broken <laughs> yeah. as Honestly, I turn and on and off the tap. All of these tech companies, like, they see the world like like a scammy infomercial where someone's trying mm. to use like a like a tin opener and somehow they keep burning their house down because yeah, well, it's that's, too complicated. That's the thing, right? That's why I respect mm. the Gibbon guy, Solomon Grundy or whatever, is because Hoops <laughs> Among Us has not been forced into an absolutely slapstick situation by Capital. And like, yeah. clearly having done so, he has just decided that, yes, this is clown world. Why mm. not do clown shit? <laughs> Yeah, he's gonna he's gonna become like you know slap chop fucking JML shit. He's gonna he is, he is yeah. the he is the dang Joker. Yeah, so bang! Look how clean it gets this old penny. So I'm uh, I'm moving us on a little bit. Uh, mm. It's time to talk about Ireland um, because Ireland has an election coming up pretty soon. Damn, Solomon Gronje. <laughs> ah, very good. Thank uh, you. Uh, yeah, it's on uh, the eighth of February. Yeah, so. Yeah, it's it's been a long time coming. We've uh, used Brexit as an excuse not to have one for quite some time, and now it's like, okay, no, things are actually a joke, and Brexit's kind of at the half time stage. So we're like, okay, mm. let's kind of fix our own problems before oh. we 
use Brexit as an excuse to show of sorts. Yeah, <laughs> pretty much. Um, and I think number one, one of the most interesting things is the switch where Leo Varadkar is now no longer in Fine Gael, but rather as Loudo Varadkar, uh, he's now in the Green Party uh, for legalizing oh, right. marijuana <laughs> as he is the loud PM. Gas mm. prices in Ireland are up across the board because Leo Varadkar has allegedly smoked all the gas. Yeah, so there was a question mm. there the other night on on a debate where it was like, have either of you used illegal drugs? Which is like a stupid question anyway. Mm. And Leo Varadkar said, oh, well, I did an interview with the music magazine 12 years ago, and there's my answer. And everyone's like, well, nobody read that, so what is your answer? And he paused for like far too long. And he said, yes, I've done illegal drugs. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah, it's very so. good not to specify and just say illegal yeah. drugs. I have smoked a drug yeah. before, yeah. yeah. But it was like I, something I, he'd done. to like, do exactly one drug. <laughs> it's what if he'd only done, done one drug, but it wasn't like a gateway drug? It was something like, I've only done 2CB. Like, <laughs> yeah. Why do they? Why do they just like never do like give an answer that absolutely owns? Like, oh yeah, I used to smoke heroin sometimes. <laughs> Wouldn't as touch weed though. Yeah, as yeah. a treat, a he, little. He did it like like the the magazine he did it with was like a music magazine. It's one of those things that young politicians do to seem cool, and mm. now it's come back and just bitten him in the ass. So, but honestly, no one cares. Dan Everyone just... and see Shanty Weekly. <laughs> <laughs> but it's like. If you, if there's ever an ad to tell people not to do drugs, it's that Leo Vradker has done drugs. It's not cool, guys. Mm. Just don't do it. So <laughs> yeah. look at him. Uh, honestly, if it would take sort of um, the, the the sort of the, the faux progressive fantasy politicians doing drugs to make it not cool. I mean, Justin Trudeau, he made blackface not cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> prior to that, it had been like just incredibly cool. Yeah. yeah, but so when we a say bit like being involved in backwards Quebec corruption, <laughs> <laughs> that's my favorite thing about every liberal PM, every Canadian liberal PM, where mm. it's like these, it's just they all, all of them fall apart with just some nonsense, low stakes Quebec scandal. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. They were they were just really over leveraged in Jean Luc Dubastard's fucking maple syrup <laughs> smuggling business. <laughs> so, um, so la- like loud over Adkar, right? Is he is. Portrayed as Ireland's progressive, exciting new new um new leader, Loud Overad Kush. Loud Overad Kush. Yes, correct. This is Thank getting you. less and less uh, scrutable with each mm. like twist you're giving it. Um. Mm. So he was he was hailed as one of these generations. Loud Overad Kush. That's it. That is, that is a Star Wars character. No. <laughs> Sorry. One more. One more. Loud Vape Gas Kush. There we go. We have changed all of it. Yes. So, Laudo Vape Gascoche um, is one of these sort of faux progressives, kind of like Justin Trudeau mm. or like Emmanuel Macron, who is lauded as this like liberal politician in the age of populism who just consistently fucks up and disappoints everybody. That's correct. Yeah. Mm. So, uh, I think people, what, what kind of made me realize that Ireland is kind of over the whole gay thing, that like we accept gay people, is like when he was actually elected. Uh, there was this whole thing his party were trying to be like oh it's the first gay prime minister mm. uh, and everyone was kind of like well we don't care he's still a prick <laughs> so <laughs> it's just this whole thing where like because his father's Indian as well because he's not you know he's, he's mixed race and because he's gay it's this whole thing of like oh well maybe he's progressive in the same way that Joe Swinson over here was like oh yeah. I'm a woman just so like Pretty Patel for example that kind of way yeah. yeah and it just no he's still 
a Tory. So, mm. you know, mm. can we, because I've, I've long pondered this and I suppose I could look in Wikipedia, but it's really hard to understand. So could we get the unvarnished version of like, if you had to compare Fiona Foyle or Finn Gale to other parties in the UK or the United States, would you compare, are there ones you would compare them to? Oh, it's hard. Fiona Foyle? yeah so it's Fianna Fáil, Fianna Fáil, Fianna Fáil and Fine Gael so oh, yeah. uh not so Irish it, so it is hard <laughs> to compare them to anywhere else I remember talking to I was in France one time I was talking to my host family and they're like what are your politicians like have you got a right wing have you got a left wing it's like no we've nothing we just have the centre and it's like centrist politicians who pretend they're left wing but really right, right wing if you know uh, what I mean okay. so Fianna Fáil and Fine Gael are kind of like between New Labour and the Tories I would say gotcha, okay. and then our Labour Party is just like the Lib Dem so we're not like yeah. your Labour Party at all they're just worse well, don't so worry, don't worry. it's the future of for our Labour Party and Johnson we'll exactly and John Jackson happens. Yes. yes, I hear that your prime minister is gay, but uh, what does his mistress think of this? Uh? <laughs> so, um, so I wanted, so some of the uh, crises, the successive crises mm. uh, that faux aggressive, uh, loudo, mm. vape gas, Kush. Kush. No, <laughs> so stop no, I will not stop it. I'm having Episode too much title. fun. I'm having too much fun with this. Um, He's overseen uh, the deepening and worsening housing crisis. He's overseen a deepening and worsening A&E waiting crisis. And he's overseen a deepening and worsening crisis with direct provision, which is where refugees in Ireland are housed, but then given 16 euro a week, not allowed to work, and then usually deported. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So all of that, like the, the direct provision thing is a legacy issue, but like a lot of the things Leo Varadkar says... You know, there's a lot of things wrong, but he'll say, oh, well, it was Fianna Fall who caused all these problems. And we're just fixing it, even though we've been in government for nine years. Uh, mm. but, Where uh, have I heard that before? Yeah, I mean, like mm. the, the housing crisis is probably the worst one, I would say. Well, it's the one that affects me. So it is the worst one. Uh, <laughs> it's the reason why I'm here. Uh, exactly. But basically, like, so they didn't, nobody built social houses for about 20 years. And we had a huh. construction Ooh. boom and a crash. So there was no houses at all being built for quite some time or very little houses. There's obviously an increased demand for housing among young people, all mm. that kind of stuff. And there just aren't any. So the prices are going up and up and up and up. And then we have the likes of Leo Racker offering, like, you know, uh, help to buy schemes and you know we'll uh, get into that this other thing called the housing assistance payment where it's kind of like oh well here's money to go get yourself a flat but lots of landlords get yourself something it. nice sweetheart you know yeah. I mean? like, <laughs> we're not going to actually build any houses it just pushes all the prices up amazing so we're at a point where we've got in Dublin we've got like London rents or like worse than London rents and like complete shitholes there's no regulation on like you know what's in each house or anything like that there's mm. no inspections there's nothing on the side of the tenant so everybody's kind of moving out to the suburbs commuting two hours a day and it's like just an absolute nightmare and everything's so dublin centric that you've no choice but to do that the celtic tiger who came to tea is all very, very <laughs> well, i noticed that from looking at some of these things that it seems as though some of the what you might call like social welfare things in ireland seem more like what was under new labor in britain uh, and obviously Britain has cut so much of that that like it's become more right wing here but the housing crisis may even be worse in Dublin because there's just fewer houses well, yeah. and it's I've he- definitely yeah. seen like looking at prices where you'd be like wait a minute this like two bedroom flat is 3,000 euros a month like it's insane you just yeah. see these, these mm-hmm. like ludicrous prices and it just doesn't it seems like London is bad but like there's just more 
stuff here. There is yeah. more. And I, I've been looking for houses. Um, and that's what I'm going to plug in this well, podcast. Please give me a house. Uh, <laughs> but basically, yeah, it, it, there's more. There's just more here. And they're expensive. But like, that's fine because you can eventually find somewhere. In Ireland at the moment, we have 10,000 homeless people. We have families living in hotels because the state, there's no social houses. So the state's like, oh, well, shit. Uh, we'll pay for a hotel for a while. So we have like families of three, four children living in a two-bed uh, yeah because you know, there's like stuff. what like five million people in ireland or something like that it's yeah like, yeah yes. so ten thousand is huge it's huge yeah, yeah yeah i mean that's yeah. like that's like fewer th- there's more people in greater london by the order of magnitude mm. i mean it was like mm. there's like 12 million or so well, in, in greater, greater london, london. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, 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 but like i think one of the things also with to say about this is that we have a housing crisis but we also had a housing crisis after a construction boom because in ireland as far as i understand it the mm. construction boom was to build extremely fancy glass office space mm. that j- for all of the tech startups that just doesn't get used. Yeah, a lot of tra- tax evasion LLP. And a lot yeah. of oh, yeah. like tract housing too, wasn't it? Like a lot of Yeah, like, a lot of like, hotels and things like that were, were being built during okay. the boom and it's mm-hmm. yeah, we've we've developers and we've we people in in debt for like hundreds of millions of euro uh into mm-hmm. this. So the banks kind of went crazy, we're lending everybody money uh to the point where people had like 110% mortgages like they were giving like I had a piano teacher who bought a house aged 19 with a boyfriend with no security whatsoever <laughs> so they were just handing this shit out like Leo Varadkar himself actually bought a house at 24 and he was a junior doctor and he said that in a, an interview recently and it was this whole thing mm. where everyone's like well we can't do that because we're not fucking rich yeah. but it's also like but they were just handing houses out at the time. Yeah, just imagining so. like a, an Irish Italian guy with a huge gold chain who's a piano teacher for some reason going like, <laughs> yeah, I own the Irish Italian. Don't even try. I own four houses in a, uh, a, a speedboat. That's fine. Milo, you, you can't cross. I off the coast to Galway. You, you can't, you can't <laughs> cross. Oh, Milo, Milo is showing the, the advanced there was, there was stages a book in Bunga Bob for Big Ben to Bong for Brexit. <laughs> 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 bra- I've had a brain parasite ever since that episode. There was a book by an American journalist about the Troubles, and one of the characters in the book was like a hitman for, I think, for the provisional IRA, and he was an Italian immigrant. His family were Italian immigrants to Ireland. And I remember reading, like, what a fucked up story. And also... What would that accent sound like? That, <laughs> did that, that was a real dude. Uh, did, uh, I forget his first name, but Scapatucci was his surname. Yes, what a um, name, Scapatucci. So, um, <laughs> I want to I want to move on a little bit to talking about how uh, indeed, as Alice you said earlier, mm. nowhere in the world have we ever had an election between the two cloned Futurama presidential candidates, John Jackson and Jack Johnson. One of whose three percent titanium tax goes too far, and the other of whom's three percent titanium tax doesn't go far enough. Uh, and it's currently um, playing out in Ireland. So well, yeah. don't blame me. I voted for Kodos. So yeah, Fina Gale and and, and Fina Fall come from very different roots and how they related to English colonialism. For Basically, instance, one of them briefly had a flirtation with fascism. <laughs> Guess mm. which one it was. <laughs> uh, so yeah, um, Fina, Fina Gale were basically simps for the British, and um, <laughs> Fina Fall were all for constitutionally separating from England, but. In the especially in in recent years, and especially I think, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, when the Celtic Tiger seemed to just give a bunch of shared infinite growth prosperity based on infinite credit to everyone, they're now just kind of the same party, and, and because their their whole they pinned their electoral futures on being able to eternally prop up skyrocketing house prices 
um, and just sort of forgetting about the crisis of 2008 by just jamming adrenaline shot after adrenaline shot into Ireland's fucking zombie economy by giving Apple like the ability to pay, I don't know, 20, 20 like euro cents in tax every year. Uh, Apple owe us 14 billion euro worth of tax that the government uh, so the oh, EU because they decided, lost in the European court didn't they yeah, about this so yeah. the, Apple have to pay that back but our government is fighting that ruling saying that oh we actually didn't give Apple a sweetheart deal they don't owe us any of that fourteen that we behavior. desperately oh, need like, so. yes <laughs> cock me harder daddy I mean I was yeah. thinking that Apple was going to do the route I think it was Samsung that they got a court decision determined that they had uh, pennies yeah they yeah. stolen intellectual property to make the Galaxy uh, phone basically from Apple by, by cloning the iPhone mm. and they paid their fine with like a, multiple dump trucks full of pennies yeah. just like yes garbage cans worth of pennies because they're like ha fuck you you know we're, we're, we're gonna troll you but it's like I imagine Apple doing that but the idea of like the government saying no we don't want your money is just well, it's because mm, yeah. Ireland's economy is just based on there being lots of brass plate HQs there yeah. and mm. that's it so we've, we've got Facebook we've Google we've Ancestry.com we have all these like yeah. Dropbox the three is a giants. big one yeah yeah <laughs> LinkedIn, we've all these huge tech companies. That Who the fuck was your ma.com? I hate when I go to ancestry.com and I have to find out who's been doing big, huge cums in my grandma's pussy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Christ, no context for that in the show either. Uh, I have, I, I, and to sh- illustrate how close these two parties are, I actually have an article from the Irish Times. Uh, about their shared policy on housing, which, uh, according to either party, they vehemently disagree with. But mm. uh, here we go. In the past few days, uh, Fianna Fáil and Fianna Gael, one of which will probably lead the next government, have both promised to give first buyer, first-time home buyers, lots and lots of money, which, mm. as Michael said, has worked out well in the past and hasn't just pushed up prices. Mm. Mm. A key method of it is expanding help to buy. That's right. Uh. They have a help to buy scheme. That's a huge boondoggle. Bunga bunga euro to help a help a bugger buy a flat in Dublin. Uh, a scheme designed to stimulate house building because it only applies to new homes and to help first time buyers get a deposit together. <laughs> Fucking so hell. You could just stimulate throw up like homes made out of cardboard because they're new. Yeah. Charge whatever you want for them and then charge the extra uh, of however much you get from help to buy. We're very gently pegging the housing so market could, uh, in the hope Alice, of teasing it you into could char- It used to be that you could charge up to 250,000 euros, I think, for that house, and then I think they moved it up to 360 or half a million. So oh, it's cool. basically mm. becoming more similar to ours. However, our help to buy was still worse because ours involved a variable rate mortgage for some reason instead of a tax break, which this one is. Amazing. Um, Absolutely incredible. So if we want to get some numbers... Uh, the scheme was found to have cost 206 million since coming into force in 2017, which uh, is a huge number given the population. Yeah, 41 mm. percent of the people using help to buy already had enough money for the 10 percent deposit. So we know we know oh. that our help to buy was a, a basically like a subsidy to one guy. <laughs> given yeah, that yeah. Ireland is a much smaller country, this must mean that it's an even bigger subsidy to another guy. <laughs> Like yeah, it's no, just no, gonna to be... less than one guy. <laughs> yeah, less it than only one goes guy. to like his dick. <laughs> uh, sorry, Michael. Yeah. yeah, it's yeah, uh, but that's that's what all, we've been all been saying is like we've been comparing it to the UK thing and being like, why are you copying? 
the homework of the UK that's wrong. You know what I mean? Like, why are you <laughs> doing that? And there was like all these examples of like, they're showing like average buyers and they had this woman called Jane and it was like, Jane uh, already owns her own land and she uh, pays rent of 700 euro a month. And it's like, this person doesn't exist. You know what I mean? Like, you can't, nobody's paying 700 euro in Dublin if you're renting an apartment on your own. But also for this to work, for this how to buy schemes work, I just have to inherit some land. Yes, not everyone has. That reminds me there was a thing in uh, like a sample budget for people from McDonald's for like, here's how McDonald's workers can balance their budget. And like, it was like how you would earn, you know, based on McDonald's wages, how you would have a normal budget, like family budget. It was like health insurance, $15 a month. It's just like, where in America do you get fifteen dollars? Yeah, it's just you have a million dollar mm-hmm. deductible. Yeah, like yeah, yeah, yeah it's, exactly. It's, it's, it's a complete. If 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 selling the policy requires an insane example that only applies to somebody who's like you know been extracting peasant rent on their family land mm-hmm. since the seven hundred ADs, then like yeah. it probably <laughs> well, isn't I, a good policy. I'm very excited for the new Irish government scheme where actually they pair people up who aren't going to inherit land with uh, like wealthy people with no family, and oh. then that solves the problem. Is this the Bridge End Sugar Daddy scheme? Oh hell yeah! Yeah, we've just reinvented serfdom, but. Th- through like a harvest. It was We're all to- going to inherit some very good land in Wales. <laughs> I was trying. I was going to make a joke, but then I realized that if I try to pronounce one of the, like the three suburbs of Dublin that I know the name of, it's going to come out completely fucking wrong. So yes. I was just like, I'll leave mm. it alone. Yeah. I- I'm, so- I'm sorry for roasting you for saying Fiona Foyle. <laughs> My no, it's okay. the Irish, the Irish language, just it's it's like a built-in minefield, which I mean, maybe yeah. a good thing. You can suss yeah. out who doesn't actually care enough to Jane, learn. Jane, whose name had a C in it for some reason. <laughs> so uh, this this suggests that the scheme is largely benefiting households at the higher end of the income distribution. Uh, mm. Said the uh, the budget office, the scheme did not fulfill its original aims in an efficient manner, and it supported a significant number of transactions that would have taken place without the scheme anyway. So Damn. not to put too fine a point on it, but no matter what happens after this election, both major parties have basically promised to shore up this thing, which mm. is doing nothing to solve the <laughs> Irish housing crisis, because doing that would, ha- would require admitting that the entire economic recovery that's taken place over the last 12 years now since 2008 has been pretend. It's not doing nothing. It's giving a lot of money to, like, one half of one guy. <laughs> exactly. That guy's going to have such jacked legs. He will not be skipping leg day. He's going to have, like, fucking quads made of pure cash. Michael, I was also wondering, you, you mentioned that people haven't built social housing in a while. I was wondering, was there a significant social housing building program in Ireland at some point? Uh, yeah. So in the 50s, I think, like, Fianna Fáil are using their kind of their history mm-hmm. because they've been in government the most over the last sort of 80 years. So, uh, ever since the foundation of the state, it's been Fianna Fáil or Fine Gael, sometimes their Labour Party in coalition. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Fianna Fáil at one point did build some social houses, I think it was the 50s. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of that thing of like, they're looking at like, well, it's our history, we did this or whatever. Mm-hmm. But actually, when they were in government last time, they didn't build that many. Fianna Gael even less because there was no money in the country. Sure, so of course. It's just, mm-hmm. you know, solid Apple. Apple I, pre- has I presume it all. that if they do it now, it's probably going to be like, like poor doors, 20%. Yeah. like lower cost rent units, but then everything else is market rate kind of thing. Yeah, well, what's what's coming in now is co-living. So you guys have few a few of these oh, in London. Fuck oh, fuck yeah. Oh, no! <laughs> so they have like one. pods, dorms <laughs> yeah. and Listen, shit. Dorms, mm. corporate if dorms. If you grew up in Ireland, you're used to sharing a bedroom. So why yeah. not do it for someone you're not related yeah. to? <laughs> <laughs> so they have this brilliant one. Uh, so uh, like these capital companies are, are coming in. So these, you know, venture capitals, I don't know what you call them, but they come in uh, and there's a rent cap in Dublin of 4%, but that's slightly above inflation, so it doesn't matter. You can just buy a, a property. It's going to get better and better every year. Uh, mm. But they built, they bought this old building 
uh, and they're going to make a, a co-living space out of it. And the building is called the Orphanage, which I think is Ooh. the most amazing thing. Ah. <laughs> it's like, oh my god! Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, so, some dumbass mm. developers coming in was just like, yeah, I was really inspired by the book Angela's Ashes yeah. to try I, and I, I, I love to like live in a pod in Athenry Fields. Oh, oh, yeah, sort of fucking like, hell! With all the orphanage, there's an old septic tank. Don't open it. Yeah. <laughs> oh Jesus Christ! This is. This is literally like what if you asked Alan Partridge to come up with it. This is like some there's more to Ireland than this shit, right? Yeah. Like Bloody Sunday perfectly encapsulates the frustration of a Sunday. <laughs> like that is, that is the level of insight being applied here. Yeah. I'm fucking, I'm, I, I, I don't know. I don't know if I can do this podcast anymore, man. <laughs> yeah, I've had a stroke in relation why, to this. Why, why can't you just use the empty offices that only exist for tax purposes? Well, no, we, we do there. actually have a huge number of empty buildings in Dublin that nobody's refurbishing. There's of no course. tax on, like, unused land. So people are banking land. So they're buying stuff, waiting for it to increase in value and selling it off. Uh, Having a normal <laughs> we have, one. We have huge numbers of Airbnb rentals that there's been no legislation on until recently. So mm. there's been uh, occasions where there have been more Airbnb lets than you. actual like rental properties. So we've kind of just... like It's one of those things where I'm like, when I come to England, I'm like, okay, we're not that bad. And then I actually go through it all. And I'm like, oh, Jesus Christ, we're so embarrassing. But it's weird you know? to me mm. because it's like liberals and centrists in the United Kingdom are really fixated on the idea that Ireland is like the same. Ireland is what they want the United Kingdom to be. They're like, it oh, is happy with the EU. Everything's mm. centrist. We love it. But then you hear these things and it's like, it seems Wild West capitalism way more. Like not to say that Britain isn't mm. insane, but... This some of this stuff, if it happened at scale in Britain, would raise enough yeah. attention that yeah. there this might is, be something to, kind of... to address it. Would it get addressed by the Tory government? Fuck no. But yeah, there would because, be an outcry at least. And I'm gonna say it this time: liberals are dogs. They only hear tone, right? Yes. Like they love if you're from like a kind of broadly like kind of sideline country like fucking Canada or Ireland or whatever. Like those kind of like cuddly Western places that never really do anything on an international scale. All you need is someone who like looks smart and it ticks a box like Leo Varadkar, and they're like, well, everything must to be fine there. Mm-hmm. Let's not look into that. Yeah, Let's just <laughs> assume that because the nice man is doing the politeness, that it must all be fine. And, and thus and, explains and we're gonna, the whole we're gonna, Keir Starmer campaign. How do they get the we're harp gonna, in the foam gonna, on the beer? How do they get it? We're going to yeah. FPP back into the European Union under exactly these terms of the European Union lets us like uh, create this horrifically in, like unequal society, but then tells us who's a good boy, who's a good boy, who's a good society. As, mm. Like yeah, great. Uh, <laughs> Joker dog owner. Who's <laughs> <laughs> a good society? So you know how I got these treats. The thing is, the thing is, based on recent polling, it seems like neither of these two awful, ridiculous parties that have like are advertising that they have no solutions to any of the problems plaguing Ireland right now mm. would actually find it hard to form a stable government without going into coalition with Sinn Fein, which they've refused to do on principle. Yeah. We love so Sinn, Sinn Féin mm. were formerly the political wing of the IRA and there's still debate as to whether the IRA are still involved or whatever. Uh, but because we don't have Labour anymore, so Labour were destroyed in the last election because they went in with Fine Gael and cut oh, no, things like... They didn't like- debate Ben Shapiro, did they? <laughs> <laughs> they cut things like children's allowance and, you know, just really shit things that Labour mm. government should So they should basically not do. got Lib-demified after, yeah, yeah like 2015 Lib-dems. <laughs> That's what happened. Too so- long have the Irish people lived under the jackboot of children. <laughs> 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 well, that's how they cleared out all, that, all those orphanages for people to live in yeah, doors just- working for, like, mm. you know, fucking Apple. That's right, Don't yeah, look in the septic tank. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> the children are working for Cromwell and we're going to prove it. 
So uh, anyway. basically, so Labour had the most TDs they'd ever had mm. in the 2011 election and then went down to seven. So they went from like 30-something to seven seats or whatever. So they're not a thing anymore, so they can't be used. Mm-hmm. We've all these kind of disparate left-wing groups that can't really work together at the moment. We have mm-hmm. the Greens who are kind of... Whole. Yeah. No. And it's kind of, so there's no real left in Ireland. So we're left with Fianna Fáil or Fine Gael and whoever, whatever small parties silly enough to go into coalition with them and get destroyed. Mm. So, yeah. So, I mean, I, I noticed that there is are... There, I have a question, actually. Yes, though. go for it. Uh, if, like, obviously the centre has failed at this point, right? The left mm. is disordered. Uh, is there an incipient fascist movement coming? Because that's usually the next thing along. No, not really. Because, like, the fascists we have are really silly and stupid. Oh, so nice. it's kind of like... Mm-hmm. Yeah, so we so have, like, ours. these kind of real mm. controversial... Like they're all, they're just joke characters. They're not actual. They've mm. kind of run in elections all the time and go out on their phones and be like, "Oh well, look, they got rid of the the green post boxes. What was wrong with green? They're getting rid of you know all that kind of stuff." Mm. And every, it's like every green post box replaced by a mosque. Pretty yeah. much. <laughs> That's the kind of shit we're seeing. Like we have Jeremy Corbyn points at a post box <laughs> mosque. <laughs> but we have like this this woman who's I'm not going to mention her name because I don't want to give her the airtime or whatever. But she mm. was a journalist at one point. Does and her, she, does her name start with a G by any. So she went over to Sweden at one point and was like, oh, well, nobody speaks Swedish in Sweden anymore. Went into this kind of kebab shop and she was just like, oh, well, why are you all speaking English? They're like, oh, well, because you're speaking English. Said, Do you speak Swedish? They're like, yeah. And there was just, that was her whole video. We had, this, said, <laughs> we, we had this other guy who said he was like the Ireland's most prominent, prominent conservative on Twitter mm. and his account was locked because he was anti-Semitic and he went into Twitter offices and he said can I speak to the manager basically <laughs> and the woman at the counter was like can I speak to the T-Shock of well, Twitter I, I can give you an appointment yeah I could I could talk to him and she's like he's like yeah and he's like oh well he's busy today so he's like oh okay well I'll come back later then and then he went outside he was like yeah I confronted Twitter and everyone's like oh you didn't this is what like, no, this is what's great about Ireland having all of like the like fake um, tax like brass plate official headquarters mm-hmm. of all the tech companies is that everyone who thinks they're being shadow banned can actually go to the offices and so, complain so yeah, that happens really a lot. Yeah. so basically you've got like Caitlin Bennett the gun girl and Conor McGregor and that's the Irish fascist she carries, she carries a hurley stick everywhere yeah. <laughs> that's the <laughs> oh, there really... was a guy who did that wasn't there yeah. yes there is that, I, yeah. I, I feel like we shouldn't I'm I'm always a little bit cautious about dismissing fascists as sort of oh, clownish mm. and, for, for, and for, for sure. But, but politicians. I, 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 the one c- thing I wanted yeah. to ask you about on that topic, though, was that I've noticed that there was an attempt in the sort of wake of Brexit being success here for people to try to kindle that in, in Ireland and that it seemed like it was polling incredibly low. Like the idea of leaving the European Union was like oh, 10 or 15 percent. Yeah, I mean, we're looking because we get all of your media. So we see mm. everything you're doing mm. and we're looking at what happened over. Define over lucky. <laughs> 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 we're looking at what happened over with you guys and we're like, well, we're not fucking doing that here. You yeah, know? yeah, yeah. And also, there's mm. a whole thing with. Whereas here, we're so. looking at it and we're like, we love, we love it. Actually, <laughs> stop pointing out how bad it is. That only makes my dick harder. <laughs> um, right, but I think like, um, also you, you, we, like that you can definitely have a fascist movement that's fine with staying in the European Union as well, right? Like, um, Victor Hungary. Orban. We yeah, also made, yeah. we always made the joke about like what if the EU turns into the racism EU also known as the EU indeed yeah, yeah. I, I I'm yeah. just waiting for the Irish fascist movement it was like the immigrants have come over here and have put spice in the bag <laughs> why I can't I have a spiceless bag so my under- I'm, just, I'm just excited for like this to go in the dumbest possible direction of Fianna Fáil uh like rediscovering their love for coloured shirts. And just being so, like Fina Gale or the, the the Nazi ones. So Oh fuck. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So oh. I thought you were made like colored shirts like Wyatt Coke style. That would have been awesome. <laughs> yeah, that's the ne- next generation yeah. of brown shirts is gonna be um 
Discoteca shirts. Yeah. yeah. So I, mean, mm. I think like from what I understand it, the Irish left is there and their Irish left is like there with some like good energy and ideas behind it. It's yeah. just not electorally organized and it's not ready to take power mm. yet for a while. Hello because to it's, our many Irish fans. Because it's like it is it is younger uh, both as a movement and the average age of the movement than most of the people who are actually proximate to power and so on. But like that there is something to build on here. Yeah, I mean, Fianna Fáil and Fine Gael, I think they're less than 45% of the electorate. So everybody else, all the other parties uh, in, the, in the Dáil, which is our house or our second house or whatever, or sorry, it's, mm. our, it's our parliament. Yeah. Uh, they're mostly left wing. So there's maybe one or two independents here, a bit kind of right wing, whatever. We've loads of independents mm. as well. Smashing things with a hurley stick. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You've seen him. Have you? Yeah, yeah, I have. Yes. Oh my God, it's amazing. So uh, good. <laughs> but they like independents look after themselves. So they're not really kind of left or right. It's kind of like, I want to get a hospital down the road from me. So that's what I'm going to do for you guys, mm. that kind of way. Uh, so yeah, just the left, not organized, but most people kind of want it, if you know mm. what I mean. So. Yeah, I've always like I've always been really fascinated by Irish politics, and that like, I, I, I'm not going to pretend I know much about it. But I've always got the impression that like Ireland is a country with quite quite a, like a rich left wing tradition, but also a quite a rich tradition of mad Catholicism, and they interact in like really interesting ways. Yeah. Um, but that's what I was expecting. I wasn't sure what to say to you. That's exactly what it is. Just just rebuilding. I I love to like rebuild the Limerick Soviet. Just out of nowhere. Uh, Well, it was kind of that thing of like the Brits left, so we let the church in, and that's kind of we're like, oh fuck, that was a bad idea. So we're kind of like coming out of that again. You know, you just you have to get talked down to by somebody, and if it's not a British person, it has to be like an Italian, I guess. Well, it's the the Brits left, so they let the church in. And now they've got, they're sort of fighting the church out, but it seems like all that's going to come in is LinkedIn. Like, yeah, yeah, it looks it's like fucking it. James Connolly was right about like uh, the socialist republic. If you do anything else, it's just futile and very weird. So I want to, I want to move us on then slightly to our, our last, our last item, a reading series. It's going to be quite quick. Um, it's a spe- it is a, a article on Unheard by Peter Franklin. So strap yourself, strap your normal belts on. <laughs> oh, hell yeah. Uh, I'm always strapped on. Uh, mm. God damn it! So what what Sajid Javid should say at Davos, but won't slurs. Is the N word. It slurs straight away. No, it's it's none of that. Always open a speech with the N word. It, it gets yeah, shows attention. dominance. Yeah, that's that's not the argument. Do, do not do not actually do, do that. Do not actually do that. That is not the argument that Unheard is making. No, he is basically. We have done this thing where um we have had a columnist write a fantasy speech that they want a politician to say. Uh, and then here's I want, what I imagine happened. I want you to buzz in uh, when you think that it would depart from what Saji Javid would actually say. Oh, with okay. those buzzes we all have. Yes. Mm. It is a great pleasure to be here at the World Economic Forum annual Buzz. meeting. <laughs> <laughs> Better known as Davos. <laughs> Better known. <laughs> Webster's, AKA Dic- Miguel Sanchez. Webster's Dictionary defines world. Yeah. <laughs> uh, this year, the theme is stakeholders for a cohesive and sustainable world. Corporate social responsibility, Black Lives Matter. Last year, mm. it was global re- globalization 4.0. Jesus Christ. <laughs> what was 3.0? Or uh, 2.0? What's 1.0 was the British Empire, right? Shaping a global architecture in the age of the fourth industrial revolution. Honestly, where do they get this rubbish? Do they just write buzzwords on bits of paper and pick them out at random? Or is there mm. a special machine? A random balls generator would certainly seem to be involved. Excuse what does this me? What does this say? You got my attention. <laughs> Isn't that Omegle? <laughs> <laughs> what, what does this Davos speak achieve? What does it change? 
The reason for that is right here. The reason we need change is right here at the resorts. The global elites from business, politics, academia, and the media. For example, unlike Saji Javid, who was a CDO banker and now is the UK finance minister. Mm. Yeah, remember when ministers weren't going to go to Davos because it was too elite? Yeah. That, we that are, uh, we're all the famously here, non-elite Tory ministers. We're <laughs> all here to talk about the world's problems as if they were nothing to do with us, as if the policy disasters of the 21st century weren't of our doing, as if the electoral backlash that we failed to see coming is all the fault of the voters. Uh, West Wing, like one guy starts clapping really slowly and then everybody starts clapping. Yeah. Um, we make high-minded speeches about an international rules-based framework, but what too many of our people actually experience is a system rigged against their interests. Which is, yeah, that's, yeah, that's right. True. That's yeah, when, right. When is this article going to get bad? Because I know it is. <laughs> um, but it, the solution is to chuck her a <laughs> uh, No, Saji Javid wouldn't say that. Oh, no, sorry, but I mean, the person yeah. who's writing for Unheard presumably would oh, say that. Yeah. yeah. Uh, in the first decade of the 21st century, economists spoke of a great moderation, an end to the boom and bust cycles of the 20th century. <laughs> economists we, were they? Gordon Brown? We all know where that ended up with the worst crash since the Second World War. Now, the left proclaimed the end of capitalism, and the right we worried do, we that- We do be doing that, to We be are fair. always doing that. We, did, we, did, we didn't do that. What we said was, well, this is clearly fucked, which it is. We didn't say it was over. We weren't that stupid. We're like, yeah, it's gonna, they're going to fucking yeah. keep injecting it with as much fucking drugs as possible to keep it going, but it's fucked. Yeah. And the right was worried that QE would unleash inflation. No, they that's not what uh, they were worried about. They were worried about the camp of the saints happening. I mean, I, yeah. it's fair to say that, that keeping inflation as low as possible is like a right-wing fixation, but I don't think there was... Yeah, there were some people who were like, oh, this quantitative easing after the crisis will, will cause inflation, but mm. most, people were like, most people were mm. like, uh, shit's about to get really weird if you don't open up your checkbook immediately. Yeah, yeah so, well, you know, the, the thing idea is, that inflation concerns was at the top of the list, like that's just super it's, it's, it's only fun Mises freaks who really like care. Mm. Everybody mm. else on the right is full ethno. I mean, don't get now. me wrong. There was there were like sort of American Thatcherites, for example, like Mitt Romney, for example, who was like, "Oh no, let the entire auto industry collapse. We don't yeah. give a shit. It'll I, be more I, efficient." I do, I but that like was a to fringe think, opinion, like I, fringe yeah. stuff. I, I like to think very much of that photo of him and Trump, where Trump is just like they're under really weird lighting, and Mitt mm. is kind of cringing. oh yeah, they're making they're making him eat like turtle soup yeah. in some restaurant where he and, had to go and, kiss and the Donald ring, Trump and they just, just, they just didn't give him a job anyway. Yeah, I think that tells you who won that particular outcome. You, you don't understand when the when inflation gets really high what happens is the stable boys go on strike and they ask for more money and then you know it really hurts your coffers because you have to hire a bunch of these ex-military guys from Poland to beat them up and make them go back to work and actually it really impacts your ability to lease a new Audi. Oh, the, so, the, the Sussex Royal business plan. So, yeah. the, the story of the second decade of the 21st century is the great zombification, a global economy that staggers on but doesn't respond to stimulus. Now because this is unheard, <laughs> the great podcast economy. What they've done is they appear to have more or less diagnose the problem correctly, but their solution is stupid. But doesn't uh. respond to stimulus is such a fucking stupid de de deduction there because it's like, what stimulus? Like there was a moderate Shuffle one in the US it. in the end of the, the, the 2000s, but the idea that there's been some great stimulus in the 2010s, like that's absurd. No, there has the whole point has been that they're like, no, let's just fucking, let's keep interest rates as, as low as possible and do as little cash injection as possible and just like hope it gets solved somehow by water Tech. coolers. LinkedIn. Mm. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, like, LinkedIn will, will fix it. Yeah, delivery. So, who's to blame? Let's start with government. <laughs> yes, 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 let's yes. start with them. Yeah, yes. I would agree. Yes. They are the world's biggest debtors. Oh, uh, <laughs> oh, oh is, so it, oh, there's the turn. 
that so wait, goes sorry, to being is this, wrong. Is this going to be like a damn deficit article? Wait, damn, um, I, I love to read Martin Luther's column in Unheard. They are the world's biggest debtors, and people who owe money pay the lowest interest rates they can get away with. If there were enough, but if there were enough productive uses for the world's cash, interest rates would return to normal. But clearly, there's a shortage of productive uses for the world's cash. But like, we can turn to Ireland, where Apple is keeping enough money in in Ireland to like solve poverty in general, and yet they just so, don't. Wait, and the, pro- the problem. I, I, the problem I, I, I have a question here, yeah, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Inflation, like, indulge me with a first-year economics thing. Inflation is when a currency, a currency becomes worth so little that you have a great deal of it that doesn't purchase very no, that's, much. That's hyperinflation. Right? Inflation is the general is is the general okay. process of where of right because money. So, Okay, so how it works, how it works is that you have a certain supply of money, let's say, I don't know, 100, and then as you print more of that money, it becomes worth less relative to either what you're buying or, more importantly, yes. other currencies. That, that's what so, I mean. That's what I mean. But, like, and, and if, so if how, that's inflation, right, Yeah. and also we have a bunch of this, like, sovereign wealth that's sitting around doing nothing except being extremely large numbers, but we're keeping mm. our inflation rates low, how is that not... In any meaningful sense, just sort of well, gaming because, how we count inflation. Because well, Alice, if the number gets bigger, that makes the graph happy, which is good. Well, also, ah, get, I'm going to do the thing I, I did last free episode where I do a little bit of boring economics, where a low inflation is good for capital because it keeps it keeps the value of capital high, whereas high inflation, which allows the government to just magic away its debts, which it can do by printing money, is bad for capital because Notice it allows what Greece was not it allows, allowed to do. It allows it allows debtors to basically pay back debts very cheaply, easily, and quickly, and reduces the value of those debts that are held by creditors. Mm. So it is a very, very progressive position to have high inflation. High inflation isn't necessarily bad if there's also a, a commensurate wage increase. Exactly. And so for workers or for people on, um, on, on in, in, like annuity income, if obviously like if, the, if they're getting money that's relative to interest earnings, like that's good. But obviously like for people who have huge wads of cash in their savings account or like in investments, it's not worth as much. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, like I, I, and I'm, I'm not, I'm not as schooled up as on it as you are, but like the idea that uh, if you were working an hourly wage in this country and you had wage increases to match high inflation, like you wouldn't necessarily see as much of a, sque- assuming it was like say below 10%, you wouldn't see a huge squeeze on no. your purchasing power. Mm-hmm. But obviously people with huge amounts of money and investments are going to be frustrated but by that's, that. Yeah. That's my question, right? Is that, and I may be getting this completely uh, backwards because I'm an idiot, but how can you, how can you say, uh, we have this this huge supply of money that doesn't that doesn't do anything unless inflation has kind of happened to you de facto anyway. Well, because the, according to the um, Peter Franklin, what he wishes Saji Javid would say, it's basically he'd be like, "Look, um, we it's that inflation like discourages innovation because it makes the eventual eventual rewards less, you know, outsized." Yeah, but I, I, I'm thinking about it like backwards, like the 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 tail wagging the dog here, right? Like this. It seems like our obsession with inflation rates has like allowed us to focus in on that, while the consequences of like I don't know what they're suggesting inflation would be have just kind of. Happened. Well, I mean, like mm. to, to, to put it into perspective, I mean, you think about like the the extent to which people in the UK are completely locked out of owning homes outside of like a few live in like a really you know in low cost of living areas maybe, but then wages in those areas are really low. Racism on Trent, you're all right. Mm-hmm. But 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 for example, I mean, in in the 70s and in the early 80s, the, the government's sole goal was basically to get inflation down below 10 percent, and um, in so doing, by restricting the money supply, they effectively they created a situation in which like when 
when this country had a population of like 50 million, there were like 3 million unemployed people. Like it was, it was the highest it had ever been. Um, in fact, it fucked the economy so much that at one point in the early or mid 80s, the pound was worth maybe like a dollar five. Which imagine, I mean, when it was below 125, people were freaking out here. But imagine it being that low. Like, so they were fine with complete shock consequences as long as like it protected capital investment. But in the opposite, basically, you know, situations where uh, inflation was high and wage increases were high, they they were like, we'd rather call in the army than fucking let this continue. Mm. And that I feel mm-hmm. like seems like pretty instructive without getting too technical there. Like that seems pretty instructive as far as like how these governments work. If it's shock deflation or or shock restriction of the monetary supply. You, you just grin and bear it because everyone's fine with it. It's just what you got to do as, mm-hmm. as a good citizen. But if the opposite takes place, if, if capital is, if the value of accrued capital is threatened, then all of a sudden they're like, uh, we need drastic solutions that involve jackboots. And the thing mm-hmm. is, and to bring this back around to Ireland, actually, like because Ireland doesn't really have the option to undertake any kind of monetary policy in any direction, it only has the fiscal lever to pull on. Right. So it can, that's why it can offer, it can try to offer like tax breaks basically to try to incentivize productive activity or house building. But that never works because the tax breaks always essentially go to people who are already wealthy. Right. Yeah. So um, carrying on. Surely that has nothing to do with the euro, does it? Like, yeah, it actually. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. I was being, I, I was, no, I was just, I forgot. That's, yeah. been, that's been a constant thing that's been talked yeah. about in the, in the example of Greece and yeah. in, the, in the example of, especially when Spain and Portugal were really economically shitty uh, in the beginning part of the decade. Yeah. I mean, they're not great now, but they were worse back then. Yeah. The idea that you could inflate yourself out of a crisis, but yeah. you can't when you have a central yeah. European bank. And, and this is where it's really important to make a distinction between the European Union and the Euro. Like, the European Union hasn't fucked over those countries nearly as much as the Euro has. Like, um, uh, yeah. However, I'm pulling us back on track here. Um, because in, in Sajid Javid's fantasy speech, uh, he says, yes, we are a, productive, a shortage of productive uses of the world's cash. But the key question is why? I mm. believe it's about the wrong incentives. We have made life too difficult for inventors. Oh, okay. Oh, we, need more dark, we need Doc break. Brown. Yeah, yeah. so yeah. he wants to, he wants Saji Javid to adopt a pro Doc Brown policy. Yeah, d- d- yeah. J- Jimmy Neutron has been forced out of business <laughs> by Chinese competition. Yeah, and it's like he says too easy for the hangers on, but then he identifies the hangers on as you know polluters and and tax yeah. avoiders and landlords and mm-hmm. stuff. But it's like, so hold on, you've identified the problem correctly, but your solution is Elon Musk. Yeah, the water De- cooler guys. Yeah. Dexter's lab has been moved wholesale to Hungary to do race science. <laughs> and then he says, um, if, if we had a better economy, Rick Sanchez wouldn't have to do this in his family's garage. He could have his own laboratory. Says, and, and, and then moving, <laughs> I'm, I'm skipping a little oh, bit. Listen, Morty, the, 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 the incentives, they're, they're, they're poorly structured. You've got to understand. <laughs> yeah, God damn. Yeah. So um, we've got this, uh, Then we, I'm skipping a little bit ahead, where he says, uh, and working class communities are in fact far more open to the disruption caused by globalization than the professional elites within their regulatory barriers this um, suck my dick the the so-called knowledge class may be more open to the idea of internationalism but in practice their lives are lived within environments which are carefully controlled if not closed altogether for instance here we are in davos surrounded by a state-of-the-art security fence in a no-fly zone where better to extol the virtues of a borderless world unheard everybody Mm. unheard hell yeah we can't take in refugees what if what if sajid javid was amber frost awesome yeah you know, uh, well, was crazy. Can't, sorry, it, can't keep that. In. Is it, <laughs> given what the Tory government has been describing as their their stated policy relative to population size, I think Switzerland might take in more refugees than the United Kingdom. Yeah. Fucking yeah. Switzerland, fucking but the also, normal country of Switzerland. Yeah, this is this is the whole thing of, and we have to respect the fact that when the working class of Britain voted for Brexit, which a it didn't really, it was mostly middle class people, they voted to be part of a global free trading system and have yeah. more globalization. Yeah, because they, they were elites, right? Like. Yeah. Mm. What if Sajid Javid had a podcast where he like did irony 
and like talked yeah. about the professional managerial class. That's the same argument, yeah. right? What if you- he had a what if he had a woke parody sock puppet account? Yeah. Yeah. So ladies and gentlemen, there are two equal and opposite errors made about Blue capitalism. Scare. On the left, it's this, that the system is a flimsy construction about uh, collapse under the weight of its contradictions. Mm. Yeah, that's definitely mm-hmm. an error. Mm-hmm. Yeah. On the right, it's that the market is a force of nature, a fundamental property of the universe that only the only the mighty state can interfere with. Neither is true. Given the chance, people will freely trade with one another. Okay. Okay, but okay. also given g- given the chance, perfect efficiency is child slavery. So, like, if if you, if you want efficiency at all costs, then I mean, you've got to make some fucking concessions to child slavery. And if that is morally unsustainable to you, yeah. then maybe like, wow, maybe the natural hmm. state of capitalism isn't a thing we should be striving but, for. But the government says it has to make the rules that are moral, and we have to make those rules ourselves. And that's not. And then this is the the fantasy Sajid Javid, like the people you voted for. Here's what I wish they'd say, but I know they won't, because actually, what Sajid Javid's going to say is like, we're going to bring back the CDO market and it's going to make my friend Bill from when I worked at like um I don't know uh, Deutsche Bank. He worked mm. at Deutsche Bank. Fucking Bill yeah. Ackman or yeah. uh, some of these these other ghouls and the fucking yeah in, in, yeah, in it's these. gonna it's gonna make one guy super rich and then mm. it's, we're gonna invent a new kind of poverty for everyone to live in. Yeah, and, and that's and what I, he's actually and I get more say. money to like spend on polish for my shiny head. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we're actually we're gonna take we're gonna take the homeless and we're gonna put them into tranches and uh de de risk them. <laughs> don't ask don't ask what that means or how i mean no. collateralized I, I, hobo obligation <laughs> <laughs> i just keep thinking to myself like if you just had a policy that says actually landlords are bad and we should organize things to reduce the number of landlords yeah, we should parody redacted <laughs> we should parody redacted yeah i mean i just yes. yeah it, great way of not identifying the problem wow. yeah well, I, innovative I, I like, article I like from the, mr the, c mal <laughs> <laughs> i like that we can have the thing of imaginary sajid javid uh doing murray rothbard stuff of what if we just had child markets but not what if we parody mm. redacted well child markets to help teach children how to market <laughs> uh Anyway, uh, we've gone for a very long time, so I'd like to introduce my special friend, Child Markets. So, <laughs> Mister Markets, please, Michael. It, we've talked a lot, and we haven't given you a chance to talk. So, I was wondering if maybe if there's any big takeaway you think with regard to what British and American listeners, our primary audience, look at the Irish elections. What do you think should be a thing to pay attention to? Yeah, I I don't know because it's such a mess in Ireland. It's kind of like I don't know because you like I think where we're okay is that we do we don't have an extreme right. Do you know what I mean? So like things mm. are kind of yet. getting going. Yeah, it's yet. <laughs> and mm. it's you know, that kind of way, but we we're also just kind of paralyzed a lot of the time. So I don't know. I don't know if you should look at us as an example for anything, to be honest. Like, you know? <laughs> well, it's an example for like what would happen if the Lib Dems had their way, well, right? It's like the, that kind yeah. of a, you yeah, can, yeah, yeah. you can't stay paralyzed forever. Something does have to change at mm-hmm. some point. Like it can't it can't just keep doing this because this is making this is because the political system is in motion and right now the political consensus in ireland among people who are potentially close to power seems to be to close your eyes and pretend it's not yeah yeah i would say so i think like once we get a left up and running maybe something's gonna happen but mm. yeah it's it's gonna be another five six ten years before anything like that happens i mean i just did the the napkin math and just took the 14 billion euros and 5 million rough estimate of Ireland's population. And if you did the most regressive possible thing, which is just give everybody an equal cut of that and pay it out, that would be almost 3000 euros per person. So the idea gang, is like, gang. like with a population <laughs> that small, like the, 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 the legitimately, it doesn't take a huge number to make in, you know, to influence these things, but it's like, mm. what will they not do? That the provisional or real Yang gang. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Bring your right. meaning to securing the bag. The Yang volunteer for us. So I, uh, I, I think that's probably about time for us. 
Uh, I want to thank all of you for uh, listening. Securing all of you the spice in. bag, last minute episode yeah. title. Uh, um. I, I, I will, we'll see what we call it. Yeah. Uh, personally, <laughs> I, I, you know what I want to call it. What? In which Nate says Fiona foil? No, I want to mm-hmm. call it um, La- Laudo Vape Gas Cook. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, sorry, it does have to be that. <laughs> sorry. Uh, He's the guy who gets killed before Nian Numb. <laughs> so, um, Michael, I want to thank you for coming on today. You're very welcome. Thanks for having me on. Uh, also, fe- usual reminder, we are doing a live show February 6th. Uh, it is Hell going to yeah. be a debate yes. in the format of... Uh, We've got the- Ben Shapiro's coming in for it. We're very excited. <laughs> yes, it's, we're it's, all it's, excited to get destroyed. He's going to plug all of our holes it's and going we're to be, ready for it's, it. It's going to be in in the formats of, of Milo and I's sort of what we're used to from university debating, which is we have... You, I am not used to it. <laughs> we, you make a... You, you're, there are three people on each side of a proposition, on each side of a proposition, you make a five-minute speech. But um, I'll, I'll be the speaker, and I'll have a gavel, which I'll use very liberally. I found a gavel. Except in the middle, there's going to be a coffee table over the glass surface. Uh, yes, correct. Yeah. Uh, and you're gonna, if you want to, you can also register to make a floor speech, uh, mm. speaking for or against the motion. Do we know? Do they know the motion yet? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. We announced it. The, the motion is: uh, this house believes that Elon Musk is the Willy Wonka of his day. Yeah. Uh, so if you feel like you want to come and make a floor speech, uh, do start writing, but don't go over your time. No. You don't want to go over your time. Don't make it too long. <laughs> um, anyway, uh, also check out the Patreon, five bucks a month. You can hear some of the episode we've been referencing, some of the episode we've been referencing by accident as though it's already happened. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, also plugs, uh, 4th of Feb, uh, I have uh, a smoke comedy at the Seckford, which should be a lot of fun. Um, uh, 21st and 22nd of Feb, I'm doing shows in Leicester. 21st is Pindos and 22nd is a work in progress of my new show. And also 25th of February and 3rd of March, I'm doing works in progress at the Vaults Festival in London. There's a link that goes to all of my shows yes. in the description. At gettingyourmiloedwards.com. Yeah, getting <laughs> gettingyourmilowatched.com. Also, do you, do you want to hear my takes and another guy's takes on uh, veteran and military news from a left-wing perspective, you should listen to my show, What a Hell of a Way to Die, which is another show I did as a guest when I came on Trash Future the first time. Indeed. And now I've been eclipsed by Trash Future. Now yeah. I'm a niche, small-scale podcast. Yeah. Well, well the, the, the Trash Future largesse just swallows everything. Wait, federalizing if everybody is podcast. everything, you should listen to my other podcast with, uh, yes. Yes. with City Skylines YouTuber Do Not Eat and Liam Anderson mm. called Well, There's Your Problem. It's available yeah. on YouTube. YouTube. It's also like wherever you get podcasts. We have a second yeah. Patreon episode coming out. Uh, is that the one two I'm bucks on? a month? Absolutely mm. worth it. Uh, give when me is your Alice money. not plugging everything? Uh, Alice, mm. what, which when am, is this the Patreon where we discuss Liam's van? Yes, <laughs> it was fun. We talk. We we invent a concept called the Pennsylvania Secret Service, which I'm continuing to laugh we're, about. We're absolutely mm. going to get that on our shirts. Uh, okay, I want one. Yeah. Uh, all right. That's. I think that's that's and that's almost enough plugs. Michael, I know you want a plug that you want somewhere to live. Yeah, I'm looking for a house. Please help me. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but otherwise, follow me on Twitter at Big Dirty Fry. Hell yeah, nice. baby. <laughs> All right, uh, we will see you in a couple of days on the Patreon. Later, everybody. Bye.